I'm Rob Goodwin. And I'm Stacy Avery. And we're just a couple of writers. And podcasters. And this is Deep South Humor and Heart. Well, people travel to the South for many reasons, but just a few, Stacy, that I was thinking of this week preparing for the show is that people love to come to our beautiful coastal towns. They love traditional great Southern food and, of course, our hospitality. Again, just to name a few reasons. And I, too, enjoy the South. I love living here. I think it's quite a blessing to be a Southerner. Mm -hmm. And I've lived in Alabama my entire life. I have no intentions, you know, of living anywhere else unless maybe I had a vacation home somewhere. Mm -hmm. But have you always lived in the South? I know you've lived other places than Alabama. I have. I've always lived in the South. Um, I, I grew up here. I was born in Alabama. And then um, when Eric and I were 22, we moved to New Orleans. And uh, New Orleans is not the South. It's, right. It's, it's so cultural. It's its, own, yeah. it's its own little world. And I've lived in Tennessee. So okay. that's it for me. Well, it's so interesting that you mentioned New Orleans because my next question for you was going to be, you know, even though we're both Southerners and we love where we live, how open to you are you to regional and even international travel? I'm completely open. I'd go anywhere if anybody wants to send me or fund that. Yeah. You want? Are you want to send? You want to send me on a trip? Well, I'm actually planning to go to um, Amsterdam really? at some point, hopefully in 2023. Um, I don't know, or the next year for sure. But it's coming up the spring when the tulips really bloom in Holland, mm-hmm. and it's so beautiful there. And then you can take a train to Brussels. And then a train on to Prague, and it's really affordable. It's about twelve hundred dollars mm-hmm. a person for seven days. Wow! And that includes your airline and your hotels. So you know, obviously, you're going to shop there and you have food. But uh, you know, I didn't mean to get off on that tangent of an advertisement for Europe. But <laughs> but yeah, some international travel. Maybe you could just go with me. Yeah, that'd be great. We could podcast. We could do some episodes uh-huh. from over there. I've never been to Europe. I haven't either. Um, I've been a lot of places in the U.S. and the Caribbean, but um, never in Europe. And I, I definitely want to go. Yeah, I want to experience different cultures in my life. You know, mm-hmm. and I think sometimes people have this wrong impression of Southerners that we never want to, we'll never leave here, or we'll never visit anywhere. We only like the way we live, and we don't like anybody else's. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that that's necessarily true. Mm-hmm. I think we're there are many of us that are open minded and that are you know willing to open up to other cultures and even enjoy those things. Yes, for sure. Yeah, I've been to Africa. Yeah, that's quite. That's You've quite been on a the different, mission trip. Right? Yeah, that's quite a different culture. Um, yep. Yeah, so I, I agree with that. Do you enjoy um, regional or international foods like different parts of the country? Oh yes. What's, what's some of your favorites? Um, well, obviously, New Orleans, you know, um, it has its own unique um, style of food. So I love that. Um, I think I think Tennessee, you know, when it like when it comes to barbecue, you know, they have it's it's different. Um, but all in the South, um, I, I love I love any kind of Southern food, but um, I love Thai food. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Italian, Mexican. What else is there? <laughs> <laughs> I love seafood. I, I love, love it all. I do. I love it all. But, you know, it is so interesting about different parts of the country <clears throat> and, you know, what they're able to produce food-wise. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I was thinking there's such a movement, um, regardless of where the state is located, for farm-to-table. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's so popular in the country. And we locally, we have uh, Garfrerich's in Oxford, which is a farm-to-table restaurant. It's mm-hmm. a little bit on the expensive side, but it's uh, great food, great mm-hmm. food, and it's always fresh, and you can tell it's farm-to-table. And I have to tell you, this TV show that I've been binging that's farm-to-table, it's called The Lost Kitchen. Mm-hmm. Have you seen that? I have not. It's on the Magnolia Network, okay. so it's produced by Chip and Joanna Gaines. Okay. And The Lost Kitchen is in Maine, and it's so all of their food, whether it's seafood or grown, vegetables grown, they're all grown. It's all grown or produced locally, mm-hmm. and that's how they do their dinners. Mm-hmm. Now it's so the waiting list is so long at the Lost Kitchen that the way you get a reservation is you have to send them a postcard from the town you live in and write why you want. To come to the Lost Kitchen. Oh, I love that. And they go through the postcards, and that's how they make their reservations mm-hmm. during the season. Mm-hmm. They're not open during winter. They're mainly just open during the spring, summer, and fall, mm-hmm. mainly when vegetables are growing and, mm-hmm. you know, where they can get locally uh, grown and, um, and, and that type of thing. So I, I love that. I think there's a movement to it, but... So it really shows that it doesn't matter whether you're a seafood state or a Cajun state mm-hmm. or a barbecue state, you know, the farm to table aspect is, is a new trend that's really taken off. Mm-hmm. Um, but now listen to this. This goes with food and it goes with culture of different places. So I was reading this week when I was kind of studying up a little bit about I don't know, people who moved to the South versus people from the South who moved different places. And this article said that in New York City, there's a restaurant called Serendipity 3, and the most expensive dessert on the menu is $2,500. Can you believe that? There's nothing that good. There's no, no dessert <laughs> on earth. No. When, I mean, when you can get a coconut cake right here at Mama's house, you know, uh, for... Yeah. Um, Forty nine ninety nine, Krispy Kreme donuts. Yes, $2,500. So the different cultures live differently also. Mm-hmm. Um, where, you know, the South is a little bit more conservative and, a little, and the cost of living is lower. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, out West in California and L.A. and, you know, the Hollywood types, I was reading that they pay, you know, they'll pay $13,000 for a bag. Uh, called a Birkin bag. Oh yeah, thirteen thousand dollars. And yeah. if I were to say, if my mother found out that a woman paid thirteen thousand dollars for a bag, she would say, "In Alabama, you could buy a coin laundromat for that." <laughs> That's right. Exactly. Yeah. So we do live mm-hmm. different ways, and I think though, visiting states, if I if I had to live somewhere or could live somewhere else, an expense would be nothing to it. Or if I could spend an extended amount of time somewhere, I think it would be Maine, Hawaii, or Alaska. So the extreme states, because you can drive, you know, around to the 
to a lot of the continental U.S. in a, in a couple of days mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. So, but I love those states. What would you pick? Um, I, I would I would pick New Orleans. I, oh I, yeah, I love New Orleans. Um, that's that's my place. Anywhere in Tennessee, I lo- and you know I know those are two places I've lived, but um, and I think that has something to do with it. But Alaska, it's too cold. I'd love to visit there. Maine, it's too cold. Um, no cold weather for you? Not, not that, not that much. I mean, I love yeah. winter, and I love that was one thing when we lived in New Orleans. I missed how we, you know, the seasons are a little different there. You don't feel them um, as it just feels like it's summer um, for a long, long time, and then there's, you know, there's a kind of a spring and a fall, but it's not cold for very long at all, which is, you know, it, it can be nice, but mm-hmm. um, I, I missed. Uh, you know the real distinct although some years seasons aren't very distinct in alabama they're right you know it's like i i do i think we have the wonder uh, you know the four seasons when we do have them it's fantastic but i i love snow and i i like mm-hmm. to see snow and we don't get mm-hmm. an opportunity you know here to see snow very much so no snow for me where, where were you in 93 when the blizzard came to alabama um, I, I was in New Orleans. Oh, so you weren't really affected by it. Wait, was I in New Orleans in 93? Yes, I was still in New Orleans in 93. Yeah. So, you know, I don't, you, we got feet of snow here. Yeah, yeah. And it just shut everything down. Like, I was off work for seven days because you couldn't get out of the yard. Yeah. And I worked at the mall at that time in, as a manager in the jewelry store. <laughs> and... That's for another show <laughs> to talk <laughs> yeah. to you about all yeah, that. That's good. But um, yeah, I remember my mom yeah. and dad. You know, they live, they lived in, they live um, outside of Tuscaloosa, Centerville, and uh, I remember them sending us pictures. And um, now I think back, how did they send us pictures? Because that was before cell phones. Maybe I had to wait until. Maybe they just called me and told me how deep the snow was. Because you know, you had no way to send pictures. Mm-hmm like digitally then did you in 93 um no 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 isn't that weird to think about i don't know that there was the internet was even very popular in 93 was there an internet in 93? no <laughs> i don't think so anyway <laughs> there was sorry that was a no, tangent there there wasn't was there no we're, we're, we're so old, we can't remember We can't to, remember. No, there yeah. wasn't. We would have been on it like crazy. There, we were just starting to get um, bag phones that you could drive around in your car. As I remember, it was 94, and I moved to Huntsville with this same jewelry chain. Uh-huh. And I got a bag phone because I thought I was just, you know, maybe I made like $50 more a week. So I got, I, I got know, a bag phone. I think my phone. sister had a bag phone. It was fun, but it, I mean, you only could afford like six minutes a month. So, yeah, you know, I, you just called somebody up to let them know you had a bag phone and what your number yeah, was. Yeah, because I remember when we, we moved to um, Nashville, even then, like I started out with a beeper. Mm-hmm. Did you ever have a beeper? Yes, I had a beeper. Yeah. I had a personal beeper and a beeper for work. And I had those things hung on my belt like I was, you know, <laughs> of something course. special. And when it went off, you felt, you felt so important when you looked down and matched that little button to yes. see what it was. And, yes. Yeah. I love the kind you could just flip off your belt really quick and, you know, look at the number and clip yeah. it back on. Yes, yeah. I remember the beepers. My my first couple of jobs, we actually had beepers. So, yeah. yeah, it was interesting, especially if you were traveling and somebody wanted to get a hold of you and then you just have to pull over and call from a, 
a payphone on, pay on the side of the road. Oh, I yeah. miss payphones. I do. We're gonna we're we're gonna get into phones. Okay. 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 In just a few minutes, because okay. I did a poll this week on Facebook that I have to tell you about. But I got to go back and finish up the farm to table with one more comment on that, and that is about our vegetables, vegetables today versus vegetables that we grew up on. Like I, when I was a kid, I never heard of avocados. Oh, me either. Um, I, I didn't know. I didn't know asparagus existed. I mean, I, yeah. Or Brussels sprouts. Right. None of that. I mean, we grew up eating turnip greens right out of the garden, pintos, cabbage. Collards. Yes, collards, cabbage. Did you know that Babe Ruth, how he kept his head cool during a ball game is he took a leaf of cabbage and put it on top of his head and then his hat on top of it and he would change out the cabbage, cabbage leaf every two innings. That's ingenious. I know. The things you learn when you're researching vegetables. Yeah. All right. So I was speaking of that I did a poll this week. Well, I did a couple of polls on Facebook because there was a couple of topics I wanted to get into. And the first one is pets. And I did a poll um, on pets, whether you and people weighed in on whether they were a dog or cat person. And so that was very interesting. And so I'll start with you tell me about. Are you a dog or cat person or both? I'm both. I grew up with with um, with both. So, but our cats were always outdoor cats. Um, they could come in sometimes when it got cold, but always grew up with cats. Always grew up with dogs, and it was usually like we didn't have. Um, we just had, well, I guess, mutts. What you would call them, just a mixed breed. We knew somebody, or we found a dog, or whatever. Um, so yeah, I'm both. And now we have we have a cat, a big. A big, big, fat cat that just lays around inside getting fatter. And we have a German Shepherd, a beautiful, sable-colored um, German Shepherd. She's really sweet. But um, we used to have two more dogs. So we used to have three dogs total. The two older dogs died. And we noticed the last six months that Coco she seemed sad. She seemed um, bored, depressed, whatever word you want to use. And, you know, Eric kept saying something. He said, I think Coco is, I think she needs, and I, I didn't want to get another dog. Right. I, I wanted to, I wanted to plant some bushes in my backyard that the dogs didn't. You know, I had, I had this vision of my backyard and I mm. thought, okay, I love Coco, but you know, when she's gone, we're not going to get any more. Well, he kept talking about her being sad and, so we were headed to brunch one Sunday, um, and we saw this man on the side of the road with these dogs, and we stopped. And so now we have a new dog. Uh, and Coco, I, I, it's like she's a puppy again. Mm -hmm. It does affect them, it but does. I, I'm, I'm glad to hear you say that because I didn't know that you had gotten another dog, yeah. so that's great. She used to she used to whimper, come to the back door a lot, like she would hear us talking and she would come and come up on the deck and mm -hmm. like she would whimper. She hasn't done that one time since right. we got the new puppy. She's got a friend. She's got a friend, yeah. Well, Sharon Paget says about her too, Cammy and Abby are our lives. They mm -hmm. love us unconditionally and are always glad to see us get home. Cammy's almost 15 and Abby is almost eight. You know how much we love our dogs, each uniquely different, but both with loving hearts. Even if Cammie is loud, barking, and standoffish, we'll try to upload pics 
on my Facebook page often. <laughs> so she um, she's a lover of pets, and she's a dog person. She's a dog person. Um, she, Scarlett Phillips Mobley says um, that she thinks her dogs are beautiful. Um, and she's so glad that she's got the ones that she has and she posted a pretty picture of her two Dotsons and I get mm. to see those a lot on Facebook. So, but you know, mainly the thing I want to say about pets is that the things they do for you are, you know, so good reducing your blood pressure, mm -hmm. helping with depression. Uh, pets have too have become more domesticated, mm -hmm. you know, over the years versus when we were growing up, we had, and I've said this before, on the podcast, we've had a lot of we had a lot of yard dogs yeah. growing up where they never came in the house. But now I can't imagine one of my dogs not being allowed in the house. Speaking of, I get to see Josie tomorrow. She has been at school for a couple of weeks. Uh, she's been away for um, behavior training and um, some other things, and so I get to see her for the first time tomorrow. And I can't wait to just hug her neck and tell her she'll be home soon. So. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. I get to do that. So, um, well, now let's let's switch gears and talk about um, the topic that I sent you to think about, uh -oh. which was the 1980s. Mm -hmm. So, I want to talk about the things that influenced us in the 80s. So, what were your biggest influencers? Because that was the time when you were a teenager entering into adulthood and pretty much the same for me. So, what do you remember most Wait, about the what, decade? So, in 1980, what what grade were you in? Well, let's see. Probably third or fourth. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, you're right. I was going... I was in high school. Mm -hmm. 1980. I graduated in 1984. So, um, I mean, those were... You know, those were good years. It was mm -hmm. um, big hair and... Um, wasn't the eighties when like wasn't that the beginning of like ripped jeans? Did, yeah, so you wouldn't remember because you were in the yes, third grade. Yes, and stonewashed jeans. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, the funny thing is, like, I'm sitting here right now in a pair of um, kind of ripped jeans, distressed. They've got you know like these patches and things on them. But my dad would not let me wear ripped jeans in the eighties when I like everybody was yeah. wearing those. Um, another thing I remember was Jordash. Uh, jeans. Do you remember that? That was a big thing. Calvin Klein. I never had any of those name brand jeans. Um, so yeah, clothing was. We were lucky to get Levi's um, if we if we were able to get Levi's. Most of the time, it was a Lee jeans that mom would get at Sears and Roebuck um, or yeah, JC Penney or JC Penney. But, yeah. but I thought I was a big time when I got my first pair of Levi's, which I was yeah. in high school then. But um, music, eighties uh, oh, yeah. music. But you know, here's the thing. I, I'm, I mean, I know everybody loves '80s music, but I, seven, it's '70s music for me. Yeah, everybody has a different, you know, has a favorite decade of music. I, I like the '70s and '80s the most. I mean, sure, it's because that's what we grew up listening to, and a lot of the people that are, you know, just getting out of college now and and starting their lives, they they love '90s music and. Yeah. You know, for us, that's kind of when things started going wrong. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The 80s is because even now, you know, a song will come on and Eric and I will look at each other and, you know, we'll start singing the words. And 
our kids, even though they're adults, I just kind of look at us and roll their eyes. But, um, you know, it's funny how a song can take you right back to a place. Like you hear an 80s song, mm -hmm. you can almost remember like where you were listening to that song or, you know, mm -hmm. school dances, that kind of thing. So, yeah. Well, one of the things that influenced me the most was what influenced me to be a writer. Mm -hmm. And that was really TV. Um, it was just a love for me to sit down in the evenings after school and just get lost in a TV program. Mm -hmm. And it taught me how to write in different ways. Like I was recently binge watching this old sitcom called Alice. Mm -hmm. And I, you probably remember I Alice. Do. It I was with Linda Lavin and, um, she was a waitress. Yes, that, and Flo yeah. was on yes. there. She always said, kiss my grits. Yes. And they worked at Mel's Diner. And so I was watching that back, some of the episodes, and just laughing and laughing and laughing. Mm. And I realized what an influence it had on me to write comedy. Because when I write comedy, it is, it is similar um, mm. in style to what Norman Lear was writing at that time with all these sitcoms mm -hmm. that he was doing the one-liners and the comical characters that all just brought something kind of quirky mm -hmm. to the shows is really what the Dixie cafe is all about. And that style of writing, I, I just, when I looked back and thought about that, wow, that's where I got that love to write that way. Mm -hmm. And then another, you know, on the flip side of it, writing, drama um i enjoyed watching nighttime soaps like dallas and so that's how i got started writing plays at school is we created our own soap opera and i wrote the scenes and you know for a play and we would do those in different classes and uh, our home ec department had this entire living room mm -hmm. set up and that's where where we would film most of our scenes, so to speak, would be in that living room for our soap opera plays. So that's fine. It's where I got, you know, the love for writing drama. And then I was a big newsman. I loved watching Walter Cronkite mm. in the 80s and watching the local news stations. It's what I wanted to do writing wise, first and foremost, was to write news scripts and you know write in journalism and i think i've told you before the reason i dropped out of that program was um because uh, an instructor told me you'll never make it in broadcast journalism because you just sound like a hillbilly so wow. yeah so it changed the course really of everything because i changed my major you regret that went into business of course yes i look back and think about two things had i not been motivated by money where, where the money was going to be you know after college and i hadn't been demotivated by him i wonder where i would have been if i had taken a chance to write back then you know even though it wouldn't pay well mm -hmm. compared to managing businesses and you know the things that i ended up doing mm -hmm. in my 20s and 30s so yeah, I do look back on that and wonder what it, you know, what it would have been like. So for me, I learned to drive in the 80s. Yes. Um, did you learn in the I 80s? Did. I okay. did. Okay. And I learned on a stick shift. I me learned, too. I learned to drive. Tell me about the stick shift you learned um, on. My, 
my grandparents had a little um a little um I can't even think of the name of it now. It's a little little eighties kind of sports car thing. And that's that's what I learned to drive on. I'm not really sure. No, actually I probably learned to drive on a tractor. Mm -hmm. I, that's probably, you know, driving a tractor, um, a go-kart, a motorcycle, all those things. Like I knew how to drive before I drove a car. Didn't most people? I mean, don't yeah. you learn how to drive before you actually drive a car? Oh yeah, because your parents will let you sit in their lap and yeah. drive the car or tractor, lawnmowers, different things like that. that yeah, but yeah. actually behind the wheel of a car, it was a, yeah. it was a stick shift. Yeah. So um, I haven't driven one of those in a, uh, in a, a few years but I oh, forgotten. I love a stick shift yeah I love too. a stick shift and I learned on a in a brown Chevy Chevette mm -hmm. that was our um, driver's ed car at Pleasant Valley High School mm -hmm. and my teacher was coach Miller and there he would always take three of us at a time two would sit in the back seat one would drive and then he would sit in the passenger seat where he had a his own brake mm -hmm. in the floor well the first time he took me out driving he told me to put it in reverse. And, you know, when you back up, you have to, you're managing the pedals. Mm -hmm. Like they have to come in rhyme and reason to get it to back up and not lose um, your your engine mm -hmm. being ignited so, mm -hmm. uh, or the car being crunk. Yeah. So anyway, I did it well. He said, well, as soon as I backed up, he goes, oh, you did that really well. You just go ahead and drive out on the street. So I did, and then the the girl. Then we swapped drivers, and one of the girls that were sitting in the back seat took the driver's seat, and I got in the back seat. Well, she was sitting at a stop sign, and he told her, he goes, well, make a left. So when it was time for her to go, she turned the steering wheel all the way to the left and made a complete circle in the road. And oh, he wow. goes, what are you doing? And she said, well, you said turn left. You didn't say stop. So she, <laughs> she did this. Well, so anyway, I got to drive back again to uh -huh, back uh -huh. to the school. So, so that was fun. Yeah. But, but um, let's see. Another thing about TV shows for me in the eighties was I fell madly in love with Charlie's angels. Oh. And I still am today. Did you love Charlie's Angels? I did, but you know, I wasn't a big. I wasn't like you're talking about all these TV shows, and I remember them, but I wasn't a big TV watcher. Right. Um, well, you were playing sports. I was and... playing sports, and I was always outdoors. Mm -hmm. I was always outdoors. So, um, you know, I, TV shows. Mm, I remember Happy Days, Laverne and Shirley. <laughs> They were, yeah, that was a good one. They, that was good. That was like a carryover from the 70s into yeah, the 80s. See, I, 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 just yeah. like Charlie's Angels. And, yeah. Yeah. Laverne and Shirley. But mom and dad, you know, we didn't leave the house, really. And we they encouraged us to play outside, you know, as much as possible. And we did all summer long and into the fall and, of course, in the spring. But, you know, when the TV season was, was really like September through early spring and so at those times the weather you know especially all through the winter you couldn't really be outside much so after school that was just one of the things that we were able to do wait why couldn't you be outside in the winter well because back then alabama would get really cold in the winter Okay. And our mother didn't, our mom didn't want us catching a cold. Oh, I stayed outside. Yeah. Oh, no. Round. 
Yeah. No, we weren't really allowed to be outside in the cold weather because they didn't want to have to Maybe take that's us to why the doctor. Live to in Alaska now. Maybe maybe it's why I crave the snow because yeah. we just had to look at it out the window. Yeah. Which it didn't really snow much in Alabama when when I was growing up, but but I would say like twice a year. Yeah. You know, and that was that was enough to kind of satisfy us back then. So yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, all right. So dating in the eighties. What was dating like for you? Do we have to go there? Yeah, come on, tell me about it. I, I date. I dated a lot of people. I was. You did. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I I started dating probably way too young. I look back now. I'm like. Why was, why? You know, but it was like school functions and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but never anybody very, very serious. I, I really, you already mentioned sports. I was very interested in playing sports, um, being outdoors. I loved, I, I like to hunt and just be outside doing something, uh, working in the yard and uh, playing sports and doing school and doing church activities and um, hanging out with my family, and I don't know. I just, I never, I wasn't like um, somebody that, you know, had a serious boyfriend, and Eric was probably my first, you know. Mm -hmm. yeah. First real boyfriend. So, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I dated a few people. <laughs> I, I really didn't. Um, I had one girlfriend um, in most of, through most of high school. Her name was Mary Catherine, oh, Mary right. Kathleen. Oh. I can't believe I said that, Mary Kathleen. And we went to the prom together. Yeah. And so I asked her to the prom. And mom, around that time, I was 16. And mom let me start dating and mm -hmm. staying out till 9 o'clock. That was my curfew. Except at 16? For, yes. Except for prom night. Prom, I was able to come home at midnight. But, um, yeah, my curfew, really, the whole time I was in high school was 9 or 10 o'clock at the latest. Especially on a school night. Now, if a movie lasted until 9.30 or something like that, she was fine with me being late as long as I called her and said, you know, I'm on the way home. But, mm -hmm. but Mary Kathleen and I, we were, um, we were good kids. You know, we didn't get into trouble. So it was, mm -hmm. kind of, it was really the perfect match. Um, we had a good time. I would cut grass for two people in the village, the Mill Village in mm -hmm. Jacksonville every Saturday and get paid $20. And so that would enable me to take Mary Kathleen to see a movie and even go to McDonald's. Mm -hmm. You know, and I thought that was just the grandest thing because all of our friends were dating and, you know, hanging out at each other's houses. And, and I was a little bit of a late bloomer uh, to dating. I mean, I didn't really ha have you know, have a mate, so to speak, until mm -hmm. I was, in, you know, late 16. Mm -hmm. So. Well, and I, I, my curfew was probably later, but um, in Centerville in the 80s, there there was nothing to do. There was nowhere to eat. I can't, not that I can remember, like not, not date night eating kind of place. I'm not even sure there was fast food then. There was Dairy Queen, but um, I don't know, maybe some people went there on a date night. But so Tuscaloosa was our, mm -hmm. you know, that was, so you had to, had to allow time to go to a movie, go eat, and get home. Um, so, you know, there was there was a lot of that. It was fun. Um, yeah, I, I always enjoyed the simpler, innocent times, you know, like that. And then I, I did date a lot in college. Um, yeah. 
but it was once in twi- you know one in two times it's never really in a serious relationship until after school i got married in college so, yeah yeah so different paths but yeah it's yeah. funny yeah. Yeah. yeah well what do you got coming up in the next couple of weeks um well uh let's see next week is eric's birthday um so i'm gonna be you know planning some things around that we're working on his birthday because mm-hmm. i you know that's what you do um Unless it's on the weekend, but we'll we'll plan some fun things, and then we've got um, we've got a trip to New Orleans coming up. Right. So I'm just looking forward to that. It's gonna be fun. Well, I've got a trip coming up too in seven days to mm-hmm. um, to the coast, and I'm really excited about that. And we'll get back together. Um, after we get back from our vacations and see what we can talk about all talk about yeah, again. Be fun. Hope you have a good weekend. You too. Y'all catch us next time on Deep South Humor and Hearts.